0: and the DLF Family a podcast. It's me, it's me. It's at OSFD. Rome Ministry to Superflex City and this is a Superflex Super Show. I've taken 2 weeks off from the Superflex standard operating procedures and I felt like I owed you my Superflex Super friends uh, a, a very special treat to make up for that. I think that I've done that plus some here at least in my own opinion, uh, very, very, very biased because I've got one of my best (laughs) friends in this industry on here. Uh, One of my all-time favorite conversations. And uh, here's the thing, Jordan. We do this, we typically do this uh, once a year in February uh, just to talk about the new version of analytics of Dynasty coming out. And, And then like that's it for the year for some really stupid reason. So I'm so glad that we could correct this. Get Jordan McNamara on here in season, and uh, we can talk analytics of Dynasty. We're, we're, we're for sure going to talk. We've got a lot of quarterback stuff to talk about with you, man. So it's good to have you back. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, one of the big mistakes is we don't get together enough. And,
1: um, I know. So, yeah, I was like, let's, let's do, you know, you came, you came on my platform. I just grilled you for 30 straight <laughs> minutes on Dynasty i'm still all. i totally on. wore you out now i'm coming down and, uh, now it's like a home it's like a home at home and you're gonna be you're gonna be like asleep on your couch like mid mid show it's gonna be like it's gonna be cakewalk for me so i got you i got i i've grilled you i've grilled you plenty and so yeah it's uh yeah. It's, it's fun so no man it's good it's good to be back here and i i echo the sentiment like it's i uh i'm like i really like coming here and and doing our shows together and i'm glad we're doing it more frequently
0: yeah. Yeah. We, much more frequently than once a year. We have to like, yeah. that's, that's, it's stupid that we, <laughs> that we wait, uh, until February every year. Um, and then just, it just do it once. So yeah, we're yeah. going to correct that. We're correcting that now and, uh, yeah, we'll make it much more frequent going forward. So, um, but you know, part of the impetus for this, Uh yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still just like adrenaline (laughs) driven right now after 30 minutes. Like 30 minutes seems like a lot to talk about fantasy (laughs) trades. Man, it goes. (laughs) And especially at the end. Yeah, you definitely need to check that out. The uh the latest episode of Analytics of Dynasty, uh, the podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, definitely do it. Uh always, always entertaining, always um you know filled with uh with useful actionable information uh, but yeah now you've got this new format where you're doing trades in 30 minutes and holy yeah. yeah it was uh it was it was very lightning round especially at the end when we were talking Pat Mahomes. yeah and yeah yeah, just, just Mahomes or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's going to be yeah. a new segment. It's funny because I've always done the Mahomes angle of that. Like I literally for, I would do like just randomly because I at Analytics Dynasty I'd do a daily podcast all off season. So I would have like... You know, and it's it's tough at first, like you're trying to come up with stuff, and then I just have like these things that I'd do and be like, all right, like I wonder like how many trades it would take for me to get to like one that I wouldn't take the Mahomes side of, and so I do like yeah. a monthly thing,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mahomes or not. So I'm doing some other guys too. Like we actually found one tonight that I think I would take the other side of. So, um, but yeah, I, that's a rare scenario. So. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun. Like I, I, I was like, yeah, let's just do as many trades as we can possibly do. Cause like we could go for like three hours, but I was
0: like, we could, or we could go for like 30 minutes and just do it like super intense. <laughs> let's do the, th- let's do the super intense thing.
2: So. And
0: uh, like, honestly, you, you get really kind of the same outcome in 30 minutes as you would in three hours. It's it, like, we really kind of did, you know, put a, put a thumb on the value of guys mm-hmm. like Jalen Hurts and Mike mm-hmm. Williams and, Juju Smith Schuster. Like I think that we got there uh, yeah. with all these players. Uh the one that I'm not so sure about is Mahomes. And mm-hmm. I really want to start there because here's the thing. Here, here's the problem that I'm having, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, is right at the end of that, uh, the the abs the very last trade that we talked about, mm-hmm. um, I believe, maybe second to last, was uh Mahomes and a throw in. Dwayne Eskridge, maybe something like right. that. A bunch of people that didn't matter. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mahomes and a bunch of crap for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Right. And you said, uh, and I quote, that you would run over your infant uh, to <laughs> smash except on the Mahomes side. Correct. Uh I have a, I have a scale of urgency of, I'm working on the McNamara. I don't know if you're familiar with parks and
1: recreation, but the the, the great Ron Swanson has a pyramid of greatness and it's yeah. like all these things and are in the pyramid of greatness. I'm working on a I'm working on an urgency scale i think the nightmare urgency is going at the top of it is like me doing something totally negligent as a parent to my toddler <laughs> <I> mean, typically <laughs> dropping her throwing, running her over and uh so that's my you got to go do it immediately thing and i would like i'd smash the i'd smash the mahome side of that yeah
0: so that's the that's at least you said that's at the very top of the pyramid at least right, right. okay yeah that, yeah that's that... the most like yeah then there's like so then then uh, you don't have kids, right?
1: Right. Okay. So you, what you'll appreciate is like you the, the 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 infant or the newborns, like the when they're they're like they can't defend themselves, right? And they don't really have any agency. So like they're really precious and then they start to get it and then you're like ah it's like you know then the like the toddler isn't that high on the urgency scale because like they kind of deserve it <laughs> from time, to time so like old people are higher up you know <laughs> so um so yeah so we're working at it we gotta we gotta you know we're, we're still we gotta still meet with the lawyers and stuff in terms of you know we don't want any liability for per se but uh but yeah it's uh it's it's <laughs> It's it's, it's <laughs> there's a still a little the toddler. <laughs> <laughs> there's a justice scale in there
0: someplace. some That's tough though, because uh like at the same time, like the toddler at that point like fully trusts you, so like the 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 stakes are much higher, <laughs> like if you <laughs> run over your toddler, and that's the that's their introduction to don't trust anybody, right. Like at such a young age, I yeah, I, like that's yeah, you you can't put the the toothpaste back in the tube on that one. That's, well, it's that's like, funny.
1: She's like she litigates with me all. The, I joke. I joke with my wife that you know I'm a lawyer. But, you know, I I work. Um, you know, my professional job is as a lawyer, and um, I was like I, I do more litigating with my toddler than I do at work you know what i mean yeah. like in my my actual my you know my my lawyer job and uh it's it's funny that just like it's constantly like a like a negotiation litigation with her and it's uh she's we're raising a dynasty trader over here so
0: <laughs> yeah i want so which which side would she take mahomes or uh that cincinnati staff <laughs> she's she's raised uh she's raised
1: a mahomes this is a mahomes Mahomes household she sits and watches uh red zone with me it's pretty funny (laughs) oh that's awesome yeah 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 uh, her first introduction to really the nfl was the justin tucker kick and she's watched the nfl before but we were standing outside and i had i literally had red zone it was i think i think it was like a trial weekend i ended up subscribing they totally got me and i just had never taken the plunge it was stupid i would never taken the plunge but we're outside (laughs) You know, we're doing something we're doing yard work or whatever and i like go over and i look and she comes over what daddy what are you doing and i all i see is the ball hit i hear it hit and i was like oh my and then i was like oh my god it went in and she's like what what i go i i, I can't even explain it it's just amazing and she's she's all giddy and i was like that's sh-. i go there you
0: go you're hooked like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. now all we need is a 66 yard field goal every week correct <laughs> like yeah. that, she's yeah. gonna think that that's just a normal occurrence <laughs> right. She she was born the weekend of the Nathan Peterman experience.
1: I'm a Bills fan. And so that five interception, we were in the hospital with her. And I was holding her during that game. And I remember looking down, and I was like, I hope this isn't like what your life is like.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> to renegotiate this. <laughs> but no, she's turned out awesome. So she's good. She's yeah. Good. And and she gets to grow up right alongside Josh Allen. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. all good. Yeah. All good stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Okay, back to Mahomes, because so it, because the problem was, like, you made that statement right at the very end of the podcast, and I'm like, uh, wait a minute. like uh-huh. That's you why to- I have a hard out, because I know <laughs> yeah. these things. I know where to place the, the controversy. <laughs> yeah. It's like a and, fade to and black. You, like and the, you almost yeah. got away with it, mm-hmm. but then you, yeah, now here you are, and uh, I get to make you explain yourself. Because, like, yeah, but yeah, at the time it's like, you really want me to explain, you want to use your last 10 seconds listening to me explain this, mm-hmm. uh, like, like partially explain this. All right. No, <laughs> but now I do. Now I want to hear like, the explanation, but I, I, and I also know that you've kind of, you've, you've really kind of devised a strategy. It's very anti QBX. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't take too much offense to that. That's fine. Uh, but it, it, for you. You know, we talked about this in DMs fairly recently, and and now it's time to get it out into the world just about the value of, you know, ending up with the elite of the elite, the very top tier quarterbacks. And I feel like that's probably where this is going, right? Yeah, the
1: elites, like there's only so many guys that truly matter. Is sort of my, is, is sort of the way that I, I like look at it. Um, and mm-hmm. so the difference in the difference between like f- one and five at quarterback, it's a really steep difference. And that might sound crazy, yeah. but when you look at it in terms of like, so I, I'm working on, I'm wor- at right now, I'm working on the analytics of dynasty for 2022 and cause it, I, I've always thought, like, initially, my initial take on the quarterback position was we probably overdo it at the top. Like, we can get a lot of, like, we can hit a ton of doubles in, like, the range of, like, the Cousins range, the Stafford range. Like, sort of in that range, like, that's a good place to live because, and we we sort of know the answers, right? Like, generally speaking, your odds of hitting a quarterback are a lot higher when you've when you're picking guys that have already done it. Right. So you'll almost never get me to pick burrow. You'll never get me to pick Lawrence. You'll never get me to pick any of these guys until they do it. Um, And typically I want it done twice. Like I want two top 12 seasonal finishes from them before I truly believe. Um, And uh, you know, and it's a little bit different too. If it's a, my universe of quarterback, isn't that big. Um, And it becomes very condensed into a certain amount of guys. Um, And so that's really the one thing that I think about is like I'm only there's only a universe of maybe like 15, 20 guys that I really truly believe in at quarterback. Again, it's different price points and it's probably not even that many. So that's the first place I would start. So, again, from whatever their market value perspective is, the gap between, uh, you know, the gap between um, the likelihood that that Burrow hits. Over the next five, you know, and I'm, I'm measuring it a few different ways, but you know, the odds that Burrow hits the next five years, um, you know, his, his amount of hits, his likelihood of, of, you know, multiple hits, for example, of three hits of four hits, five, it's way, way lower, way lower than Mahomes, given the fact that Mahomes has already done it a couple of times. Like that is a huge, that is the, the jump from zero to one hit is a, as a huge jump. And as big of a jump is one to two. Right, like we sort of the most dangerous part is when you've seen like a a, a somewhat early reveal or an incomplete reveal about a quarterback because the price goes up, but the the odds of like elite success only marginally go up, and so you're paying a big premium for a lot of danger. Um, that's a, the way I typically see the quarterback. Season. So all that's to say, like I think that it so much matters the difference between yeah when you can take a jump up at the quarterback position from guy that either a you don't feel great about or b you feel good about but he's sort of in the like the difference between quarterback 8 and and ADP you know historical ADP the difference between quarterback 8 and quarterback 1 is astronomical large yeah. in terms of odds to hit for you know elite seasons right that is just a huge huge gap um and so and so that's really the one thing the other thing that i look at too is like you're trading a not a a position for in this particular trade so you're trading a quarterback that i don't fully i'm not fully invested in i don't know he's a full-time a big-time difference maker and he hasn't proven himself yet that's how i view burrow and on the other side you're trading for chase who again it's a nice start to his career um but i don't know how much wide receiver ultimately matters um And so, like, I can, and again, if I'm, if I don't care about, if I don't care about how attractive my roster is to other people, (laughs) I can figure out ways to masquerade Chase. Right. And, and again, if that's like, if it's Cornell Patterson right now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can find those stories. Again, it's, it's, it's not that easy, but, but you can figure out wide receiver. Like, it and and if you're worried about the value insulation, like Patrick Holmes is value insulated for the next decade, you don't need to worry about that. Like I, at least I don't think you're going to need to worry about that. And if you start worrying about that, like you should buy more because like you know, over the, the course of the next 10 years, like there's not a safer bet than Mahomes because outside of injury, I feel really good that he's going to be excellent, you know? And so that's sure. really the way I look at those deals. And so I think you're getting a, the safest asset, you're getting B the, by far the best asset and you're getting the one that makes a difference, right? I mean, you know, I have a team with, with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and like, I can be really bad at like, I don't think I'm really bad. I spent a lot to get them. Um, So I do have a lot of replacement level guys, but it's kind of like the equivalent of having Durant and Harden, right? If the Brooklyn Nets have Durant and Harden and they're just going to run those guys out there with a bunch of other guys, right? Like they're going to be like conference finalists at worst, right? That's Mm -hmm. the, that's the level of those, those high end elite guys. Like that's what it gets you. And that's kind of what you see in dynasty. Like, you know, I have, I have Mahomes and Brady. Does it, 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 like, I'm five and O oh, with an immense amount of points, but it doesn't like, again, I've hit from other places on my roster to sort of do that with, but I would have a, I would have one of the two or three best teams in the league just by that alone, right. Just by live bodies at the other positions, when you look to pay up for something, the easiest thing to ever pay up for is quarterback, because a, you have longevity there typically, you know, outside of injury, like, we kind of know what the the future looks like for Mahomes in terms of like it's safe he's good um and like it's of consequence too you know what i mean so that between the longevity and the consequence that's a place where i'm fine paying up so that's really the reason why i don't think there's ever a side of i is rare that i see a, uh, the other side of a mahomes trade i think it's the better side
0: does the the fact that you are you you know you're getting a young quarterback to what wide receiver stack like does that do anything for you does that does that enhance that side even a little bit i obviously still not enough to uh to sway you but you know does that do anything for you or, or... no
1: uh it's no. so much the fact that i think all of these things like i i, I sort of break my i'm working out a, a different an actual a legitimate like Pyramid of sort of like what I consider assets. It's uh, you know will probably be the the key feature of 2022 Everything, edition of Excellent Dynasty.
0: Everything's pyramids with you now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's
1: it's a running gag I've got going on. Um, I kind of yeah. like it. Yeah, just the, like it's it's a little bit tougher to do in like in like uh, graphic design than I I was hoping, but I'll get there. Um, so, but I I think like as you look at it again, there's only. There might only be like, like of what I would consider like star assets—the guys that really truly make a difference, Um, in terms of like high-end hits, you know, it happening multiple times, like those sorts of things that I really measure for. It's only like twenty guys, twenty-five guys at the most, and then after that, it's a big drop down in terms of odds of hitting and those sorts of things, and sort of you know what your expectation is. And so I want like the guys that can carry me. Right, the guys that like, again, if you have, like, if you have two elite quarterbacks in super flex, like you, it is very tough. Like if you like just, just roll out some week against the guy that has Josh Allen and has Mahomes or that has, you know, Mahomes and Brady or Mahomes and, and Prescott. Right. Like just, just try, like, just look at that for a minute and see, you are like, oh. Totally. <laughs> like this sucks. You know what I mean? Like I'm in, I'm, this is, I need a huge week. And that's like, those are the things that, right. It unlocks a ceiling that it's really tough to unlock with a guy like cousins. Again, I like cousins. He's shooting at a really broad target for me because like we kind of know what he is. Right. And we're not going to take a big whiff. Like he's fine as a quarterback too, but the difference between what he can do and what a guy like, um, you know, Mahomes can do, or a guy like Prescott can do, like, it's just a big, big difference in terms of moving the needle. Um, and so that's really the, the thing that I've gone towards is like, I, I don't, a, a quarterback and I think I'm different in the sense of like, I won't just take a shot at a high price guy. Like I want to take a shot at like an elite guy who is also high priced, right? There's a difference there in terms of, I don't think Burrow's elite yet. Um, You know i think herbert's trending there right like but i know mahomes is i know dak prescott is like i know these guys and again it's it's guys that have done it on a rookie deal that have gotten paid right like that's that's a pretty good sign that's you know if you're sort of looking for the guys like that's a a a quick sort of dirty way of looking at it and and thinking like hey is this is this a guy you know and i'm like mayfield no you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like, again, and you just think about like the difference of like, just think of, you know, what's interesting is like, you go back to Mayfield, for example, and I'm Bogart in your time and I'm sorry. No, but, you're fine. No, um, this is
0: this is what we're here for, man.
1: Yeah. And like, so Baker Mayfield like is very instructive to this because he's probably the most expensive quarterback we've ever had in terms of guys that haven't done it. Right. Like, <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is it's like, that sounds outrageous coming out of the startup draft season we were just in, but, but at the time, when he was, when he had his rookie season, and he did it for a small portion of time, and he's coming in a year two, and I think that was the year they traded for for Beckham, if memory serves right. Mm-hmm. He was for a period of time he was going off as quarterback two off the board. Now that yeah. quarterback two wasn't, wasn't the first round of startup drafts. It was, it was more like second round ish. Right. But he was, he got to a point where he was quarterback four in terms of ADP, but I had seen him coming off the board at quarterback two in terms of cost. So uh, just in terms of versus the rest of the quarterback position, he is like the most expensive we have seen of guys that have not done it. Yeah. And you, like that should horrify us. Right? Like, <laughs> like, because if, if and just think of like, is what do we like from that, that cost? Like that wasn't a good, like that's, a, that's a horrendous out, horrendous outcome. um In terms of what he has become. What, like if, if Joe Burrow becomes Baker Mayfield, what do we think about that? And how, what are the odds of that happening? Cause like, that's not, an unreasonable outcome for a first overall pick, right? You sort of get to, you know, you get to a few years in, and you're like, ah, I'm not sure he's the dude, you know? And, and there's some stuff there with him and I, you know, people were calling him like glamorous golf and stuff like that. Like <laughs> we haven't seen him and fully do it. Um, you know, that's the stuff that that's, that's a spot where it's really, really dangerous is with guys that haven't done it um, and paying an elite cost for them. And I feel like if you do that, if you trade burrow and chase for Mahomes, like that's you're doing that by proxy.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I get that for sure. Um, man, Baker Mayfield is the reason by the way that I, and, and to me that like looking back on it, like this is correct process. Um, but Baker Mayfield is the reason that I stopped doing, you know, sweeping updates to my rankings in season. Mm hmm. Um, and, and in fact, like now, a, a lot of my ranking process uh, kind of revolves around it's less about what is this guy doing? And it's more about what is this guy ahead of him not doing? Like, mm-hmm. I've got to I've got to talk myself into dropping this guy down below somebody else. And, and it's just because of You know, people were, people just got way too hyped on Baker Mayfield. Like it scared me off of Kyler Murray. Like I'm always, I'm always slow to catch up with a lot of these quarterbacks. It took me a while, uh, you know, a full, almost a full year longer than most people to put Pat Mahomes at quarterback one overall.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, It took me, it took me a little bit longer than most people to move Lamar Jackson up to quarterback two. And then I felt totally vindicated when you know everybody else was dropping him back down to you know down below kyler murray back down below josh allen in a lot of cases even below herbert um but yeah it's it's just there's there's way too much of this um you know we're we're trying to get ahead of it i get it i i get wanting to get out of in front of you know pat mahomes before that happens before that, that you know that, that second year 50 touchdowns like i i know that we want to get out ahead of that Mm -hmm. but it's just i i i just think at this point you have to see it before you can before you can call that you know yeah i just don't think that it's that there's uh that there's a good way with you know good sound process behind it to predict a quarterback's breakout Mm -hmm. before it happens you know, and so
1: much of it is, is touchdowns, right? So much of it is yeah. touchdown rate, which is like totally random. Right? It, it is unpredictable, right? So that's the danger of like, how do you predict a Lamar Jackson 9% touchdown rate? Like you just, you don't, yeah. you, know <laughs> I mean? like you, just, you don't try and do that. Like it's a really bad idea to try and figure out who that person's going to be because it doesn't, it's not something we could do, you know, that's the, that's the problem
0: with it, right? That's why it's, it's really hard. It's, just, yeah, it's really, really hard. So, so, I mean, so we can exclude players who haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. What about the other side of it with, you know, players who have done it, but are not doing it right now?
1: Can you give me an example? uh,
0: Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, he's, he, uh, he's really been okay this year. Mm -hmm. Like he's Mm -hmm. not that far off of his, you know, his, his career efficiency numbers right at the moment that week one was God awful. They really kind of treated that Mm -hmm. as a preseason game. Um, you know, they, and and I, like, I, I feel like you do almost have to just wipe that one out, but even without that, he's, he, he's, he's certainly not on, on the pace that he was last year. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and it's kind of been like, we, we know that that's still in the, the range of outcomes i mean you know the quarterback what two or three overall last year depending on the scoring settings league okay. mvp in in his oldest season you know <laughs> so uh, like I, I i don't think that we can take away that from his his range of outcomes this year when it was still there last year i i, I just don't think anything has changed okay. enough um but we're not to- we're not we're not getting exactly what uh, what you're looking for right at the moment, I think. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with that.
1: Um, I think you're, I mean, you're seeing some natural regression, right? Which is, Hey, did we think, did we, did we think he was going to go 9% touchdown rate again? No. Like he's back close to his career average of 6.1. Like, okay. Like that's kind of what we would have expected. Right. Like, um, yeah. You know, so you have, you sort of have that right. You, and then, you know, you think you look um, I don't know in terms of what his pass. I'm just checking right now. Um, You know, last year he dropped back to pass, um, you know, over 40 times a game. Um, Now we're um, a lot less than that. Right. So now we're dropping back, um, you know, 35 times a game. So there's a big difference there in terms of, you know, it's, it's six more times, six less times per game you're dropping back and you're seeing some regression in the performance, right? You know, I mean, he's yeah. down and he's a down a half a yard in terms of yards per attempt. Like you look at his PFF grade, it's, um, you know, did one of his worst in recent years. Again, it's early. So we'll see. And those things move around. Um, you know, all you need to do is see like a Josh Allen performance from the other night and he goes up, like he only needs like a Davis mills performance from week five. And and all of a sudden your grade goes way up. Like it's shocking. Um, But, you know, so like he's turning the ball, you know, a little bit higher turnover rates and a little bit less elite throws. And like, all of a sudden, like, that's kind of where you find yourself. Um, You know, but again, he's one that, that I would say like at his cost, again, this is, this is sort of the, the, why I would say like he's a target player instead of spending, you know, two rounds higher at like Joe Burrow or at um at Trevor Lawrence. Like you're shooting at a huge target, right? Like I mean, with him like you with with taking Aaron Rodgers, like even if Aaron Rodgers isn't elite, right? Even if he's not spectacular, right? He's yeah. still I mean, he's basically if we wash away week 1, you know, he's basically, uh, I'm just sorting for week two through, you know, again, it's how fair is that? We'll see, but he's, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll sort of, let's let this bake out over the course of the season. We'll have a better idea. But if you just want to wash sure. away week one for a second, just look weeks two through five quarterback eight, like you're not right. feeling like it's fine. Yeah, He's, like, he's fine. That's why you shoot at a big target because like, it's not, it's not trying to sharpshoot, um, it's not trying to sharpshoot you know, a starter season out of uh, Trevor Lawrence who is not doing that. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not, that's the, that's the right. I would rather much rather shoot a big target like Rogers because even if you miss your prop your
0: that miss is highly fantasy viable. Yeah. So I guess though, like if you're trying to build that firewall at quarterback and super flex, mm-hmm. you know um, at cost, does it make more sense to trade for, Dak Prescott or Aaron Rodgers. Like if they're both at like right at market value,
1: which is probably
0: Um, a difference of two startup rounds, minimum, I think at this point, I mean, I think the difference between
1: them, like, I think I, Dak Prescott's my quarterback too. Um, Yeah. I would take, I I think the difference again, I would wonder what the the cost between the two of them would be. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, yeah, I mean, I, I would, take at cost i'd rather have prescott you know i just think the the and plus the again the longevity aspect of it like again i like this isn't an anti-rodgers thing Mm -hmm. um don't don't get me wrong on that like i i really like rogers but i just think in terms of the uh, just when you look at it i think you have a higher floor and ceiling for prescott over the next like three to five years and Mm -hmm. you're entering a Decline phase for Rodgers again he's probably Going to change teams like you know you've got All that stuff going on and Like I n- Am pretty confident in how good Dak Prescott is and so that's For me like he's my quarterback too and I've sort of been on that for a while
0: Um I, I would rather have him At his cost right now than Rodgers So who are those elite Tier guys that you would Specifically talk so uh, Actually I need to I think I need to back Up um, we need to because you know part of our conversation uh it it entailed a you know a trade that you made for Dak Prescott mm-hmm. and you know it felt like a, a a heavy trade um i think that a lot of people uh view, would view it as more heavy than it actually was because it yeah. was you know it was what three first round picks. I forget what it was. I got to check. It was, <laughs> it was something a lot. I know, I know, I know it was a lot. It was
1: something I usually don't do, which is interesting. Um...
0: <laughs> but we were in agreement that that's the, that's a good price to pay. And and it's, and it's worth it, you know, right. and kind of what we were talking about is, you know, it's really just like, it's, it's really hard to, to find an overpay for those elite tier guys. And, and I was kind of talking about, you know, I had done an episode of Superflex Super Fridays live on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. Most Fridays <laughs> for those who, uh, <laughs> who haven't been joining, um, uh, you know, for an AMA session every uh, almost every Friday. Uh, but anyways, we have been talking about a trade for, involving Justin Herbert. And it was somebody willing to pay up. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, I've got a lot of depth. I've accrued a lot of uh, draft capital you know, I've, I, I really kind of have some trade ammo here and I'm a strong contender right now with, and, uh, you know, I already have, uh, you know, I want to say it was Josh Allen already mm-hmm. on roster. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, just to supplement that, like kind of the one position that I could really, I feel like I could really upgrade is that second quarterback. I want to go get Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about some trade scenarios and I was like, you know what, here's my actual answer though. If you're willing to pay what it, what it takes to get Justin Herbert, then you're, you know, pay a little, a, a little bit extra to go get Pat Mahomes. Right. Like Pat Mahomes is a much greater difference maker, even with how, it, it, as good as Justin Herbert looks right now in that Brandon Staley system, it's, it, you still just get a, a, a much higher, much safer floor from Pat Mahomes. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like if, if you're willing to pay that price for Justin Herbert, just just do it for Pat Mahomes. Right. Right.
1: And, and I think the thing, too, that people get nervous about. Right. Like and I was this guy I, I have changed because I've appreciated the difference making. You know, I, I study a lot of basketball. I study a lot of NBA for for dynasty purposes. Like I think that's the something that we can really get new ideas from. Um, just because I think the NFL is behind, you know, if you you don't need proof of me saying of that, just go read John Gruden's emails. The, the, the NBA, the NFL is behind the NBA in terms of thought process. Um, And what do we see? Like we see really like, we see teams paying like what seems like an unreasonable amount for superstars. Right. And, Mm -hmm. But they're right, When when we sort of look at that, we understand again the the shapes of the curves in terms of what they're looking at in terms of like wind shares and their sort of advanced analytics, it looks exactly like what it does for Dynasty, but for the fact that it's actually steeper in Dynasty. Yeah. And so when you look at it, like actually the the, the it matters the superstars matter even more. Um, you know, and again, that's knowing which ones they are. Um, so again I, I sort of look at that and then it's all right if the superstars matter a lot and the the guys that aren't superstars probably aren't mattering all that much and again we have warp concept you know wins over replacement you just look at the the points curves and you know and you're just trying to you know for example like running back 22 like if mike davis finishes his running back 22 this year for example um it doesn't like mike davis last year was more impactful than mike davis this year and he played a lot less games because he did it. You sort of knew when he packed a punch, right? Like you knew that, like, again, like you could sort of team up a a spot this season that, that has a couple of Madison weeks in it. It's got, you know, um, uh, you know, who knows? It's got a Zach Moss, a home game. And and you could sort of piece together games along the way that are going to way out produce Mike Davis. Um, And so you sort of look at, and again, I'm just using Mike Davis as a proxy for that range of the position, doesn't really much matter, right? Cause you can figure out other ways to do it. Um, and, and if you're gonna do that, right? Like that's a f- fine price to pay to move up the board at quarterback, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and so what you see is like, those ranges are really flat and you can figure out ways to masquerade them. What you just can't do is figure out ways to masquerade court. It, it's just really tough to figure out ways to sort of get elite quarterback production consistently when you don't have elite quarterbacks. It's really tough to do it. Um, i know you can play matchups and stuff like that and we can sort of talk about that some conversation we had yeah um and i think it becomes like if you want to do that you can but the problem is it becomes you have to sacrifice something in that you have to sacrifice doing it at different positions and you know you basically you're doing that at a sturdy position and not investing a lot in it whereas then you sort of have to invest more um, higher prices at less sturdy positions which isn't the way that i would typically want to do it
0: yeah yeah which i i mean that kind of starts getting us into into qbx a little bit and Mm -hmm. what i will what i will say is you know uh, it it starts with the acknowledgement that yeah it's like it's tough to piece that together to a point where like that's why i'm taking five or more quarterbacks Mm -hmm. you know because that's that's kind of what it takes to be able to uh, you know, to, to find a guy in a situation in a given week who takes your, you know, what otherwise would be your rubber stamp quarterback too out of your lineup. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of what it takes. Um, I mean the other, the other, there's also some, you know, so some security to it. The fact mm-hmm. that, you know, we've got bye weeks coming up and we've got, you know I- injuries have hit just as hard as they usually do and yep. you know people have lost starting quarterbacks basically every week of the season so far and and you know so having that many quarterbacks on roster does help protect you from that a little bit um, and keeps a quarterback at the super flex position at all times um, but you know it, the 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 bigger the bigger reason to do that and you know this is this is from the startup. This isn't you know you you, you this isn't considering trades that you would make later. But um, you know, assuming you know in the startup draft, you're not going to be able to get two of the top five quarterbacks. Uh, you know, it's not likely to happen, anyways. But anyways, you know, so so you know, kind of the re the main reason to do it is. We're going to end up with some mid-tier guys. And so, you know, you get a few of them and then you can kind of piece it together every week. That super flex position is up for grabs. Maybe even your quarterback one position is up for, that's the way I do it. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people don't, they can't, it can't quite go that far with it. (laughs) They, they, you know, they drafted somebody, a quarterback in the first round, they want to rubber stamp them. Mm -hmm. Um, I still think it's suboptimal Mm -hmm. uh, unless it's, unless basically it's pat mahomes Mm -hmm. uh he's the one guy who you know who who gives you a top 12 week essentially every single week Mm
2: -hmm.
0: but you know so so you have to have you have to have enough uh, you know several guys basically several bites at the apple when you're looking Mm -hmm. for top 12 and you know the assumption is you've got five guys, most likely you're going to get two of them who are in a good enough matchup. It's going to be predictive enough that you're going to get, you know, that type of scoring. You're going to raise your ceiling. Um, but that is the downside. It's, it takes up a significant amount of roster space. You know? Right. Right. Um, I, I feel like in a, the, one of the things that you and I agree on though is we can make up that roster space with uh efficiency with a a minimalist approach at wide receiver
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah Uh, yeah yeah like there's there's kind of no reason really to ever bench a wide receiver right right (laughs) right like or to choose one wide receiver over another that's like eh, it's like it's, 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 I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you found anything. I I haven't seen anything that leads me to believe that like there's a time and a place to bench, you know, wide receiver a for wide receiver C, you know, that's a lesser player.
1: Like people want to try and like pick weeks and like Mike Evans and stuff like that. Like, I just think that's lunacy. Yeah. You know I mean, like, yeah. just, just play like, again, the benefit of having him is like, all right, you're, a lock and load top 24 wide receiver like that's all he's ever done like outside of injury that's all he's probably going to do for the next like <laughs> you know next you know the next canton uh resume phase of his career and you know like you just sort of accept that and one of the beauties of it is, is you don't have to worry about the other stuff right you don't have to worry about you know um you know spending waiver dollars on on spot start guys you don't have to spend um, you know, roster spots on on wide receiver seven and eight, right? Cause you're never yeah. gonna if you just come at it with the, I mean, it's like Brandon Cooks, right? Like I went back and I looked and I was like, I think it was a 2015 draft. And I my first two picks were Mike Evans and Brandon Cooks. And I was like, I smashed that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I crushed that. Cause like I haven't had to worry about anything, you know, that's a that's a huge floor to build around, right? I mean, it's top 24 weeks, top 24 seasons all over the place again. Yeah. So I mean, you just sort of look at that, like those are smashing, smashing successes when you when you look at some of the other guys that were drafted in that range. Um you know, so I think that that like I again, you're sort of building. I build and and again, I it's a big time deal to like I don't take a lot of spec shots at wide receiver. Like if if a wide receiver has done it, like I'm in. If a wide receiver has not done it, like uh, it better be really cheap. You know, mm-hmm. and that's and the other thing too is like I will say this about the quarterback position. Like I don't think QBX is wrong. Um, I I think right, if if but I play in the safe leagues formats a lot. So like you get the 28 man rosters and it's tight end premium. Um, So I think one of the big edges in in those premiums is to have a ton of tight ends. Right. So I think that's a thing where you can say, you know, I just think that having a lot of tight ends gives you a lot of options in terms of flexing them. Um, You know, in terms of all that stuff, like trading running back for tight end plus picks is like a huge efficiency. Like There's little things along the way that really make it advantageous to sort of roster a ton of tight ends um if i'm doing that like it becomes a like that's part of the game of that like it, then it becomes like all right well i can't if i'm going to try and roster a lot of tight ends like i would need to roster i don't need to roster more than like maybe four or five wide receivers but i need to roster running backs right because i i, it's, I need a ton of them Yeah, all right i want to roster a lot of running backs typically um, right. and then it becomes a situation of like you only have so many con- it's a constraint of spots right I, people are like oh 28 man like that's a pretty good depth." it doesn't feel like it then certainly doesn't not when you're taking like spec bids on like you know tight end threes you know what i mean like yeah it's just not um you know so th- it becomes very much that and i'll say this too like i like i again this is I, I think one of the things in dynasty is like you can listen to you know you or your subscribers listen um, you know me or whoever it is you can, right? You can listen to all the advice you want, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to build a team that is sort of in your mind's eye. Right? Yep. Like, you have to sort of build it the way that you see it and how you feel comfortable. And yep. so, like, I have done things. I have specifically tried to do things that have forced me to put myself in, um, in uncomfortable situations because I'm giving advice to people, right? Like, because I do things that are are i i have the ability to do things you know playing enough leagues that i have the ability to try different things just so that i can tell other people like hey this is a good idea it's not like hey here's the struggles of doing this you know you play some different formats doing those sorts of things um but generally speaking the way i see the positions is like I alexander madison in week five is a really easy decision like some things in life are not hard when dalvin cook is projected for a top five week at home as a 10 point favorite against the lions and he doesn't play right? Alexander Madison should fit right in there in the top 10 of the position and should be an auto start, right? Like those situations aren't hard, right? And those situations are situations I want a lot of, right? And so I I want to be in on Daryl Henderson. I want to be in on, I mean, heck, Jamal Williams. I want to be in on, um, you know, I was in a lot on sermon and that has turned out to be not the right bet, (laughs) uh, which hurts. Um, But, but again, you sort of look at these and and look at guys that have one in short sample sizes have one, you Massive, massive championships. Damian Williams a couple of years ago, Raheem Mostert a couple of years ago. Um, even going back like five years, one of the original, you know, the, one of the OGs of this was is Tim Hightower. Right. He in the mm-hmm. legendary week 16 that bought like all sorts of Christmas presents, I think he went like you know two touchdowns over a like hundred and thirty yard total yards of offense. Like just went outrageous in week sixteen, and no one was rostering him in week fourteen. You know, so like yeah. these things happen, and they can be really consequential at running back. I want to be in on that, so then it becomes a question of like all right, I can I only have so many roster spots to dictate towards it. It becomes do I want to be heavy at running back or do I want to be heavy at at. Quarterback typically is it's got to be one or the other, um, based on sort of how I'm building it out. And it, it, I'm gonna lean running back. The other thing, too, is that I would say is like the reason why you sort of quarterbacks like running backs aren't that sturdy, right? They're very fragile, right? They get hurt a lot, the, the lifespan's not that long. So, if you're and and one of the things for me is I never feel good paying up for a running back, like I, I couldn't even tell you what a good price to pay is to go from like. I don't know, from like Kamara to McCaffrey, Like I couldn't (laughs) even tell you what a good price to be. It's just never a trade that I I would never do that. I've just never, because it's so, it's already dangerous enough. And I'm just, yeah, it's, it's probably close enough in the next near term that I can't really value. Like I'd much rather go, like, I can tell you what the price is between, you know, cousins and, prescott right like i i sort of and so that's a, a just a an avenue or a you know a, a realm that i i feel particularly i can price and understand really well um and understand the risks of too right and i i feel generally speaking outside of like um you know you get the stuff that happens to uh wilson and you get the stuff that happens to prescott like that stuff's in in burrow like those things are bad um but generally speaking like outside of bad things happening to them, we have a good understanding, especially once you get into their career of who they are. Yeah. And there's not that, there's not a ton of that mystery, which I think, you know, I, I spent a lot of time studying those guys because I want to know who they are. And, um, and so that's, you know, it becomes a spot where I think you can make a very valuable investment. And, you know, feel safe doing it, which I don't, there's not many times you feel safe doing it, right? Like I, outside of top five quarterbacks and a couple wide receivers, like I don't feel safe making elite investments in anything, right? (laughs) Like, and, and that's the, you know, because there's just not, there's just not that safe. That's the most safety. And that's sort
0: of where I, you know, if you can cram them in, that's where I cram them in. Yeah. yeah, I yeah I I think it's absolutely valid. I I almost asked you a question earlier and then got way off track, and I do want to get back to it because, yeah. uh, um, I because I you know with all that being said, I think that this is a a, a pretty important piece to it. Um, uh, who who uh, like what's the list of guys? What's a tier of guys mm-hmm. that you feel like it's it's like these are the set it and forget it guys. Uh, that you know, you you where where QBX kind of goes out the window and and you just feel good with the guys that you have, you know, as, as long as they're healthy. So it's Mahomes' tear break.
1: Um, yep. and then it's Dak. Um, it's a you know, non imprisoned Watson, um, <laughs> it's a healthy Russell Wilson. Um, and then, like, coming into the season, like, or at various points in the offseason, when I was doing startup drafts, I guess would be the best way. Like, those are my core four guys in terms of, like, if I could get two of them, like, I was going to try and figure out a way to do it. And I paid up. And, and, like, it's in a in a game where everyone wants to trade down and everyone wants to do productive struggle and build for the future. um. It's not that expensive to go get a guy. <laughs> it's yeah. really not because, and, you know, you sort of look at it and there's a lot of teams that will pay um, that will will trade down. It is not that hard. And I think next year in particular, because you're going to get the spread out from the the quarterback position a little bit more. And it's not going to be that expensive to go up and get a guy. You know, and I, I, I found identified a, a spot, you know, I last year where it was like all right in the second round in the second and third round like sort of here's the spots and if what's the difference between really like if i was going to take a wide receiver in the third round versus a wide receiver in like the seventh round you know it's it's basically the difference between like cd lamb and and amari cooper was essentially the the thought um this is my proxy for it like i i can't say that cd lamb is cd is not four rounds better than than Cooper nope. Cup, and if that is what is going of uh, uh, Amari Cooper, excuse me, hmm. if if that is what is going to be, it's that decision is what's going to be the price of going from uh, you know second round start to pick up to deck Prescott. I'm making I'm trading up the board and I'm I'll go I'll move back four rounds and take receivers in a range that I feel better about yeah. you know especially a cost <laughs> like I, those things weren't that expensive and so that's the interesting part about it like if you're willing to sort of try things a little bit differently and especially if you can do it without giving up a future first like it's crazy like I, i'm gonna in the book write a um write a chapter on on some alternative team builds and one thing that i did was i have a bunch of teams that are contending right now that i drafted in this offseason that have multiple future first on them and i just think it's a different approach that you have to be willing to take and sort of embrace some different ideas and some contrarian tendencies but i think that those uh, availabilities are are there um So that's the the thing on acquiring those guys. So sorry. I got into that. That's my core four. I think now you have to look at like, I I think Lamar is probably in there too. I think Kyler is, is there. Like it's much, I had, it was a tear break after that. I think you have to include them in a conversation now. I want to see how the rest of the season turns out. I'm not willing to sort of the mistake you make is doing it too soon. I think you're right. And you know, you'd rather be too late than too soon because yeah. the, the one that really hurts you is the one that's too soon. Um, I think Herbert's probably there. Um, uh, Josh Allen there as well. I had Allen up in the, in the group too, probably just below, you know, right about in there. I don't know. It was, that was a tough one for me. Josh Allen was, uh, I think now I, f- I feel, um, pretty good about him going forward in terms of being up there in like the top, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight in that range. um, I think those are the guys I'm probably missing someone embarrassing. Um, uh, I had Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, those are the really poor guys. And then, um, yeah. And I think, I think that's it. I'm probably missing someone totally embarrassing and people are yelling at their thing. <laughs> um no, I don't I don't think I am. Um and then you sort of get into it, then it's a tear break. And I think it's interesting because like that if that eight actually spreads over like a couple of rounds of startup drafts, like it's like a really interesting team building situation next year's startup draft. Cause I think it's possible that they do. Because you're gonna have wide receivers that can compete with them and running backs that can compete up there as well. I think it's gonna be really interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really a a good solid group of quarterbacks. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. just lock you into you know two or three guys. It, mm-hmm. Like it, you you've got options there. What I will say, like what I'm what I'm kind of taking away from this, I still think I think I think QBX is a start mm-hmm. because you know you start off with five quarterbacks. It it gets you into the market. Like it's so mm-hmm. much easier to trade for a quarterback when you're sending a quarterback. Right, Like the plus is so much smaller um, mm-hmm. because, you know, at that point, they can actually afford to do it like they can they they can afford to give up Dak Prescott because they're at least they're still getting back. You know, Kirk Cousins is is probably a, a reasonable example of that. Like, you know, it, you probably don't want to drop that many tiers all in one move if you can afford it, but you can. And you still have a quarterback, you know, uh, at, at super flex, if you're, you know, if you're the one giving up Dak Prescott. So, you know, I, 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 I just from kind of a value perspective, I think that it's, is so much easier to trade, uh, from one quarterback to another, whether mm-hmm. you're going up or down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I generally have been, I've really kind of been preaching tiered down and, uh, you know, and again, you kind of playing matchups, but I, like, I think that this is valid. I think that there's the potential here. Cause you, like you could, could, you could conceivably give up, you know, quarterbacks four and five for a new Q, uh, a new quarterback two out of that, you know, that group of elite guys that you mentioned, mm-hmm. I think you can probably get that. Like we, we had a trade that we talked about on your show it was like it was zach wilson and another court and might have been baker mayfield for mahomes no it was zach wilson and um i got it right here
1: um zach wilson and oh man where did it go was it mahomes or was it dak might have been dak Um, Hmm, maybe um yeah, I know which one you're talking
0: about. It was yeah, yeah. It was it was, uh, was two quarterback or maybe Daniel right. Jones. No, um, was, Zach Wilson and. Hmm.
1: Yeah, let me see. I'll I'll, I'll look for it. Yeah. I know which one you're. I know it, what
0: the trade you're talking about. I can find it really quick. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it, it, they they weren't exactly world beaters at quarterback, <laughs> but like they're most likely number four and five on your on your roster if you did go QBX. But like I, that's that's a good move for you know for a team that's looking at a rebuild. It's a mm-hmm. good move for them to make, and it's a good move for you to make if you've got the five quarterbacks, you know, to drop down to three, but two of them are elite, you know, and so they're they're generally every week starters. You still have a backup, um, you know, for for bye weeks for injuries. And you could play. You, I I still think you can probably play matchups, uh, from time to time. Um, I you know I I like I wouldn't want to miss out on, uh, uh, like my quarterback three. Like call it Jalen Hurts. You know maybe mm-hmm. he's he's still number three for me. In that scenario, and he's going up against like the, the well, right now the Chiefs is <laughs> that's the. Mm-hmm the matchup you want but you know Detroit like you don't want to miss out on Jalen Hurts against Detroit right you know like you can still play those matchups so so like right. I think that there's a marriage between these two essentially right. um, yeah
1: and I like I I it's interesting because the trade you're talking about is Wilson and um Hurts for it was Kyler Murray oh Kyler uh, the there side. you go yeah um yeah and I mean I don't uh, it's all about like what you want to invest in. and i think it, it there becomes a um, yeah, there becomes a um, uh, an opportunity cost to to you know loading up on a on a position. The other thing too is um i mean that's that's would be one aspect that i would think. i don't have a problem with loading up on quarterbacks. i i think you know i think the idea of drafting on quarterbacks makes sense. i just i have a smaller range of guys that i will pick from. Would sort of be my yeah. would be my thing and i think with if you if you just want to sort of tighten up your universe you can do with three what doing with drafting four would give you right because i think you could you could tighten that up and sort of give yourselves better probabilities with three um than if you were just sort of picking between four at cost you know what i mean because there's certain right. things that you can just look for that are just going to improve your odds so that would be one thing the other thing i think you have to be you know, people get in love with rookie quarterbacks. I think there's a, I mean, there's really easy ways to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it isn't hard in terms of some of the, in terms of some of the, uh you know, some of the the ways that just hunt out quarterbacks. Like, just be willing to take the cheapest one of a profile. I mean, that is really not a hard thing to go into, right? Like, take, you know, if you if you were like, hey, we're just gonna pick between top ten quarterbacks and just take cheap ones, right? It's like, okay, we'll just look at. Um, you know, a couple years ago, it was it was the Joe Burrow Tua class, and then all of a sudden, it was way later. You had uh, you had Justin Herbert, right? Like he's going a half a round later in startup drafts. He's going four, or five rounds later in startup and um, in startup drafts again. He's going a half a round later in rookie drafts. Like there's that's was shouldn't have been shouldn't have happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's a thing. And then you, know, you look at this year, you know, it depends on how it felt about Mac Jones. I always thought that Mac Jones was the competent burrow because they profile very similar, right. They, they're not that uh, they're not, um, you know, they, they profile more as pocket guys, you know, burrow runs a little bit more um, but the, they both had the exact same question, which was, Hey, can they produce with these, without these big time sec offenses that were, you know surrounded by first round wide receivers right and burrow was going really really expensive and mac jones wasn't like i always thought that was in you got to look for ways to sort of yeah take a lot of volume but do it in ways that are sort of i think cheaper you know so that's sort of the the thing that i would do and again i would take like for example another example of this would be and i i tried to pull this off in one and i honestly wouldn't let myself do it but um i i had a chance to pick lawrence and i traded the pick for Like for 104 and 106. And I could have taken Fields and Lance, right? Like that's a way to sort of take QBX, take some volume at quarterback and spread out your your risk you know and that would be that would be a way that i would look at it you know reject the premise that you need to take the most expensive quarterback like that's the, the, the the easiest way to end up in in purgatory is to to really spend a lot of money on unproven quarterbacks and that's a way but if you take multiple shots at it you know if you if you can take multiple shots on on two of those guys instead of taking a one on trevor lawrence like you really increase your odds of it and the order hasn't been proven predictive and so i just sort of look at that like i think there's other ways to go about it you know you take josh allen late you take herbert late you take in all of those classes like it's never been the first guy it's always been like you know herbert was the third guy Allen was the third guy off the board like it's been those guys that have hit and you know uh, like being open to those guys is really i think valuable and and that can make a huge huge difference for if you're trying to build up on volume
0: yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean not only that. And and I honestly this is just another argument for QBX in the startup. And and again, I mean, yeah, I think that you can manipulate it from there, but I think that that's kind of where you get the most the most value, but man, the rookie draft is is the time to get running backs to mm-hmm. me. Like you don't you don't want to have to use that draft capital on, on rookie quarterbacks that, you know, are, are, are really that hard to predict. And especially when, you know, the guy that's the slam dunk one one is probably that is, is a little less likely to hit to the extent that we're looking for than the guy that you would get a little bit later. So, I mean, you, you, you did the work it's hard work to mm-hmm. get to the one oh one. that sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to pay your buy-in, and you had to just suck all season and sometimes like actively suck to get there. And then you get there and it's like, I'm supposed to take Trevor Lawrence here. I'm supposed to take Baker Mayfield here, you know. It, and, uh, but it's just uh, like the likelihood that that guy's actually going to hit to the extent that we're, you know, that we're looking for is, is really pretty low. So you, you don't want to have to, get stuck in that situation, you know, if you've got five quarterbacks on roster or, you know, if you've got three quarterbacks, but two of them are, you know, rubber stamp starters every single week. Right. You know, that puts you in a position where you can use that draft capital on running backs. That's your chance to get running backs. Cheap is in the rookie draft
1: Mm -hmm. because they do the beginning of their career arc too. You don't even think
0: you're getting them. You're not
1: paying for McCaffrey at full price, like you're paying for him at you know whatever he was 106 right in his draft, right. like you're paying that price. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: totally with you, um, and you get a pretty immediate return. Like they yeah. they actually yeah. su- kind of support the quarterbacks that you have because they they start doing it you know pretty mu- pretty much immediately. Yeah, the you and I talked about something in a prior uh, in the
1: prior show, and I, it might have been the one that we lost to the you know, we lost to, <laughs> to the universe, um, but it's like outstanding, like 45 minute conversation that we didn't record. Yeah. Um, so it's the best ones, by the way, like the best podcasts I ever do are the ones I don't record because, you know, and there's yeah. no one, and listen, there's no one that can debate that with me. Like, I know I was there. I was, I was talking, I know how good it was. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, but no, the, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause like you see and again you just you keep going back and you just look at who the the best quarterbacks are in a class and it hasn't been again this is it's really tough to get these right but like dak prescott is in the fourth round again i'm not advocating you sort of like just litter your team with fourth round quarterbacks but you sort of get the idea you know it was after golf it was after Wentz. remember the Wentz Goff? the Wentz uh is better than Prescott debates that happened all those times like Mahomes was the second quarterback off the board behind Trubisky he was you know in some spots he was third in terms of super flex drafts like you know you just look at these things you just go back like these things are pretty consistent like if you want to take depth at like if you want to build depth there's there's definitely ways to do it um uh, that are, I think, different too. And, you know, so I'm, I'm working on this rebuilding project and it's, it's kind of horrifying. And so when I look back at some of the decisions that i made and uh, I've written and I have the, what I call the AOD rebuilding guide. um, And I've like went back and I rebuilt some dynasty teams and I, I looked at like the history of, of some of the decisions that I made. And I, I had a, in the first AOD, I had written a rebuilding chapter it was a case study and so i went back and i looked at it and i sort of recommented on it and in, in some horror um and then i did one more recently and i think the thing that you said is right like i'm not i'm never gonna go deep in a huge tank again like i've that those days are done um <laughs> but you can really pivot off of like if you if you do it right like you can absolutely pivot i have multiple teams right now that are just uh you know they're are teams that weren't competitive last year at all um that are uh, up at the top of the board right now right and again that was there's a lot of energy that went into that um but a lot none of the energy was spent up at the top of the rookie board right it was all hey let's figure out a way to move down you know move from Move down, you know, pick up a Kirk Cousins, and a move down from one hundred and one, uh, you know, to I think I moved down from like one hundred and one to one hundred and three, and I got Cousins and Mark Andrews added in. I think was was that's it was multiple pieces that went on, but like that's sort of stuff that like you can do in rookie drafts, which is just incredible, right? Like that's that's again, I don't want to take the bet on Lawrence. I could take a similar bet on what I think is a similar bet on Fields and add in more known assets like you smash that right like mm-hmm. so you sort of look at these things like uh, there was some stuff in there that i was able to do with those deals um and and i think that pivoting that way right like pivoting you, you just you're, you're arbitraging profiles right like that's a huge a huge identify profiles that look a lot alike and just trade between them and you know mm-hmm. and i think if you have if you can do that at quarterback um i think you can really you can do that. Well, you you just go back to like last year when Russell Wilson was like the most expensive quarterback going yeah. and it changes really quickly. So I think if you're sort of attuned to that, um, you know, you can really build up a lot of return sort of trading between assets, trading between quarterbacks in particular, especially when the prices are high, like you can do those things and just constantly sort of be trading between them. Um, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And again, even if you're rebuilding, like you can do that stuff, Um, I don't think like, especially a quarterback, I I wouldn't trade. um, Someone asked me like, would you trade Dak Prescott for Mac Jones and two, two first, if you're rebuilding, I'm like, no way. Because that's how you ensure you're rebuilding. Like if you want to make sure you're going to be rebuilding, like definitely do that deal. Like you'll be rebuilding for a while. And I like Mac Jones, but like, you're going to be damn sure. going to be rebuilding because you're just not going to get that. Like it's tough to get to Dak's level. Um, Yeah. and, And if you have a Dak Prescott, like you're, Honestly, like if you have a Dak Prescott, if you have another, like another guy that's in the top 12, like you're probably not that far away. Like we, we overstate it. We overdo it in terms of the, the tanking stuff or the, the rebuilding stuff. Um, you know, it's, it should be more retooling than really rebuilding, you know? And I use the, the metaphor of, uh, you don't hit, like, you don't, you like if you've got ants in your house, you don't need to burn down your neighborhood. Like, just, just call the exterminator. (laughs) Really, Like you don't need to, you don't need to flame, you know, get your flamethrower out. Like just call the exterminator. And yeah, fix that, that one little thing. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Like put a patch over the, over the, the, where they're coming in, like spray, you know, like tear off the, off the wet wood where they're coming in and, and just fix it. Right. Like that's, that's the solution. It's not
0: level your house. Right. And that's, I think people do that too much. Yeah. it It's, it's really hard to do an effective rebuild like that too. Like there's there's a benefit to rebuilding because, um, and you know our our very first conversation I was part of that that uh, that episode that just got lost into the the abyss, Um, you know we were kind of talking about how, you know uh, some of the some of the entrepreneurial, um, you know theories and and principles that I've kind of put together, um, in my time as a business owner one of them that i've that i've really kind of come up with is you know it, it, the, i think about this in terms of both dynasty and in business which is like in business this is absolutely true you know the the, the companies that are on the verge of bankruptcy make the best decisions <laughs>
2: mm. Mm. they
0: they are you know when when you're that close to you know to oblivion you make some damn good decisions with your money yeah, it's the businesses that are doing well that you know they're they're really just kind of trying to make those marginal gains, and so their money just doesn't go as far. Anymore, right. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing in Dynasty. the 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 teams that are that are rebuilding, at least in theory, <laughs> make the best decisions because you have the best opportunity to get some uh, to make some better deals. Right. You know? Because those other teams that are trying, they're they're trying to compete. They're doing well right now, so they're mm-hmm. willing to spend up a little bit to get that piece that's going to put them over the top. And you've got that, so you've got to take advantage of that fact. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of the fact. Like, you like, you know, we uh, too many people make the mistake of feeling like I'm in a rebuild, and so I don't have a whole lot of leverage here. You know, and it's it's the exact opposite when you're in rebuild. It And it doesn't matter if you make, you don't have to make that trade. Right. You don't have to trade away Austin Eckler. Right. You know, you don't have to trade away Alvin Kamara. Right. So they need them. They need those players. You don't, you know,
1: you're fine with them.
0: Right. And and you can get to the point where it's like, there was
1: someone today that was in in our subscriber chat that was talking about, I think they sold Gino Smith. I think it was Geno Smith related. And he sold Geno Smith for like, you know, Pixar, it was a, it was some like asset that was like a lot better <laughs> than gino's man and it was like um and i was like uh i was like you know it's that's that's just a classic like you're selling it feels like you're selling drugs to an addict right like yeah. they're just acting totally like totally irrationally and um because they want the immediacy of the points and like that's a uh, you know f- when you get those opportunities it's it's really good to to again you can do a lot of things in rebuild that's that's one of the things that i actually did i detailed right you i hunted out the person that was going to give me the pick that was elite and they didn't realize it i mean <laughs> i hunted that guy <laughs> I That guy was going to be my best friend he was going to love me and uh and and you know that that totally flipped the flipped the script on my on my rebuild and that happens quick but again it, then it becomes a decision of like all right do i want to rebuild around lawrence and pitts or lawrence and i don't think it would have been pitts it would have been harris i think probably would how it ended up being and i had a couple top four picks and um Or do I want to sort of build around like a a lot of guys that can help me right now? And that's really the pivot, right? Like, again, when, like when does Trevor Lawrence like act, uh, when is he consequential to a championship? Like it's probably not for a couple of years, you know, when is, um, you know, and, and I have a lot of guys that I sort of just bumped up the the list. And one of the things too, is I, I sort of looked at like, I I don't think rebuilding should be necessarily about like, Hey, tearing down and making pieces like, you know, making your turning your wide receiver one into like a, like a wide receiver four and a five, right? Like you don't want to sort of do that. Your goal should be to sort of try and move your wide receiver one down to wide receiver two and add a wide receiver one above them, right? That's ultimately your goal is to sort of is to make is isn't to tear it down it's to slot your guys down and add uh add guys above you know uh, above them um and i think when you sort of think about that it allows you to sort of hunt hunt out different opportunities right hunt out different things with you know like you said you'd be constantly pitching to the guys you know you can get a lot for you know kamara just think of like what you could get for kamara right now and then you know what you could pay for kamara in june right like there's just trade the spread out you know just whatever it is you can trade it back and just keep portion of that and you've basically lost out on nothing you know what i mean so yeah. and i think the other thing too is like we get too worried about making one mistake like the mm-hmm. time to make a mistake to be really really aggressive is when you're trying to rebuild because the upside is really high
0: yeah yeah totally and the downside is and- really low
1: you know what's the consequence of of <laughs> screwing it up first right like okay like yeah yeah it's
0: it's a little bit more of a rebuild right
1: right (laughs) and it it, then it becomes not right because that's the thing like when you don't have to compete for uh like when you don't have to play in a toilet bowl for the first pick like if you screw it up like all right it's just light at the end of the tunnel you know what i mean like yeah and it's interesting because like the other the other thing of of um you know of how deep you want to go quarterback like if i'm sort of I, i have a team where to compete, I built it as a startup draft. I actually had five first. This is totally insane how I sort of built this team. I didn't intend to build it that way, I just these things sort of came up. But I was actually competing. I had like Cordero Patterson. I was getting some production out of like some place I never expected it coming out of the draft. But it was like, all right, I could cash in some of these assets and sort of push this, which I, I was going to do pre Wilson injury. I was making, I was had negotiations involving Dak Prescott and future first, like it was almost there. And I said, you know, I'm pulling, I'm not doing that now. I'm, you know, let's sort of pull back the, the reins a little bit on that deal. Um, but it became like, all right, so now I don't have Wilson, like, all right, if I don't really replace him and I sort of play it out, I'm going to have a bad pick, right? I'm going to, I'm going to have a high pick, right? That's kind of what's going to be the consequence. Like there's not, you know, do, to a certain extent, is that bad? If, if I'm not going to win, right. If I'm not going to compete at a high level, do I want to sort of be in the middle or do I want to sort of be not in the middle? Right. Do I want yeah. to be bimodal or not? I think that's an interesting thing. I, I Usually I want to fire as many bullets at the playoffs as I can. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I think in certain circumstances, that being one of them, if I didn't get an elite performance out of Russell Wilson, I probably wasn't getting there anyways. Hmm. And so to be on sort of the, all right, like I'm, I'm, gonna struggle for the next few weeks like that's not the worst thing in the world that have happened to me I mean I think that's the, the benefit of doing this too like even if you quote I don't think tank I don't think losing even if you're doing it on purpose there's anything wrong with it Um, yeah because you're that like the system's built to reward you for doing that right if people yeah. didn't want you to do that then don't reward picks <laughs> the worst teams right? D- don't re- reward them randomly or make you play for it right like don't don't let you do that and, yeah you know, that's the I mean, that's the
0: thing that you know and and don't make you don't make each individual buy in to this league because like at that point, uh-huh. you know, with that transaction, their fiduciary fiduciary responsibility is to their own roster. <laughs> like to know right. you have to do what's best for your roster. And if the best thing for you is to tank, I'll be honest with you, dude. Next uh this this coming off season, I think I'm gonna treat every single one of my dynasty rosters like a rebuild. There's mm-hmm. some of them that are probably going to be good enough to just kind of, you know, reload them a little bit, mm-hmm. but the rest of them, I just want to, I, I, you know, I, and and I'm a firm believer that you can d- you can accomplish a rebuild in one off season. Yep, minimum, mm-hmm. um, or at the most, actually, right. yeah, right, right. Um, but in 2022, I see myself tanking. <laughs> In so many freaking leagues, (laughs) like, because that 2023 draft class is supposed to be so much better, uh, than 2022. And I think it's going to be a great opportunity to, um, you know, if you, if you go in we always talk about, you know, career arcs, career career trajectories, um, and the fact that, you know, it usually takes a year or two for quarterbacks and wide receivers usually takes more like three years for tight ends. Mm Mm-hmm and running backs just hit the ground running because they have an easy job. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's hazardous, but it's not hard to learn. (laughs) And so the, you know, they're able to start doing it right away. Um, there's going to be, it's going to be a strong running back group in, uh, 2023. And I want as much of that as I can get. Uh, so I just, I, I think that I'm just going to go ahead and and tank a lot of these teams and, you know, get some high draft picks in these uh, in those dynasty leagues for 2023. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I think that that's, I feel like that's going to end up being the best thing for a lot of my rosters. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a case and
1: you need to lean into the circumstances of it too, right? Yeah.
0: Like you need to sort of understand what you're trying to
1: accomplish and sort of aim Proportionately to that, what's the deal on the? T- I haven't. I i don't. I got. It's too busy for me in season to track this sort of stuff. What's <laughs> the 2022 class like outside of Rattler? Like, what's the what's the looks at the top of the quarterback class in particular? Like, you think it's going to be good?
0: Well, and we it, no, and we right. really kind of lost Rattler. Like, he just got benched this past weekend for Caleb Wilson. Yeah, what's the, pr- like, how's the
1: what's the prior on that? Like, all right, starting quarterback yeah. in college gets benched, but like first round startup first round like nfl draft pick like what
0: <laughs> I know. That yeah it feels very unlikely doesn't it right. like right. I, and i i don't know i mean maybe that was just kind of a one-time thing maybe it was because like i didn't actually watch the game maybe he was just getting blown up he was getting no protection and they're like all right let's just let's keep him from getting killed <laughs> um but i know that he hasn't been playing as well mm-hmm. It, it he legitimately might be the second best quarterback on his team. Mm-hmm. So uh, Sam Howell is looking good. But, you know, North Carolina quarterbacks is, uh, is kind of a dicey proposition for us now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, how, how does that feel? Yeah, we like him in Buffalo, though. We're fans of Mitchell Trubisky, you know,
1: buy him on the <laughs> rebound. Like that's see, there's lessons in all this. Like buy him on the rebound. It's fine. Yeah. yeah.
0: It might be the best backup in the league. He might so. be. He might be. Yeah,
1: and especially yeah. with the with the offensive coordinator. Like, I was joking that Dable is going to get a starting job and take Trubisky with him. <laughs> or he's going to get a <laughs> head coaching job and take Trubisky with him. Like, this is what it's
0: all about. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I. Um. I, I. don't. I don't keep up with it enough to know. But like, what I do know is Spencer Rattler. For a lot of people, went from being one 0 one in the 2022 class to just like nobody's nobody even knows what the hell to do like 205 in the 2023 <laughs> class
1: like, that's, he, <laughs> something, that's the movement anyway <laughs> something like that yeah got it got
0: but, it and and there's some really good quarterbacks coming along in 2023 and it's also more even more than that though like i said for me the rookie draft is all about running backs mm-hmm. and that class is going to be absolutely loaded and it starts with Bijan Robinson, and I want I like I that's that's where I that's where I want to tank. Mm-hmm. Like one thing I'm kind uh, of I've kind of been thinking a lot about lately is when it comes to ranking running backs for dynasty. I th- I kind of I think that we should be a little bit ageist, if I'm being honest. Like I have a hard time ranking. I mean, I had a hard enough time in the offseason ranking Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara and keeping them up there, you know, where we've had them for the last several years. And but now in season, I mean, even before this, uh, this injury actually took McCaffrey out for a couple of weeks, he was still coming off the field like one multiple times a game with various like they're just piling up. We're Mm -hmm. seeing the same thing with Dalvin Cook. And, and Kamara is, is fine. Derrick Henry is fine. Zeke is fine, but they're all at that same usage that, you know, where the, where the injuries just start to creep up it, to me, it just, it feels like we really kind of want the younger guys.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Cause like, you see, again, talk about like trading between, like I did some, I did some um, Chubb to, uh, in a rebuild actually, in one of my rebuilds, I did Chubb. To Monty, um, David Montgomery for I think I, I was future picks. There was another big asset in there. I, it was basically two assets that I thought was, um, you know, for the price of Chubb. Basically, um, I forget. I think it was a first. It might have been something else in that deal. But but anyways, the the takeaway is like in terms of I look at it in terms of like insulation. So mm-hmm. like how many you know how many years do you feel? like this person's actually insulated and whether it's their role or on their team. And some of that's like, you have to use some intuition, right? Some of that's, you just use the base rates, like how secure they are with their, you know, with, with, you know, uh, you know, seventh round guys are less secure than first round guys. Like those things, you know, those things are relatively obvious, but, but then it's, it's contractual too, right? It's, it's, Hey, this guy's got, you know, Montgomery was locked into a multi-year window on his rookie deal. And we'll see if he gets extended and all that stuff. But at the time Chubb wasn't, and now Chubb is, he sort of moves up my, up my tiering system that I sort of look at these guys through. Um, But I think it's a lot about like buying those sorts of windows. And then, you know, can you trade between them? Mm -hmm. Can you trade? You know, so Montgomery was one that was a big pivot for me. I could pivot to him because he had multiple years. Again, when you sort of look at his profile, like he actually has a relatively high end finish on his career. That's a good indicator of future success. Um, When you compare him to someone like Miles Sanders, for example, who didn't have that, is a lot lower chance of, of future success. It's interesting how it popped out. But you you could get to Montgomery. You could trade down the board to to Montgomery and pick up additional assets that could really make a difference for you especially when you're rebuilding. So that's going from Chubb to, you know, a pick plus Montgomery and when you're when you're sort of doing that it's a big like that can actually be a big time return because it gives you a lot of flexibility. Again, that's not to say you need to sit and take the pick, but you can right you can trade the pick, you can sort of it gives you a lot more flexibility. I think being flexible in those deals is like the, one of the biggest things.
0: Yeah, totally. And, it, it, I mean, you know, like, you, like you're like you alluding to, like there's some arbitrage there to take take advantage of. The fact that you can right. get multiple guys who, because, again, you know, at this point, as good as Chubb looks right now, he it's a year-to-year proposition with him, you know. And one injury starts a downward spiral with him where Montgomery, mm-hmm. you know, he's dealt with injuries, but he's still locked in starter for – you know, multiple years. And you, like right. you said, you get two of him <laughs> in return for Chubb essentially, right. like in terms of value. So yeah, I, to me, like, it's so tempting. I'm working on a rankings update for, for dynasty And it's so tempting for me to just flip those running backs all together. Bump, you know, drop Christian McCaffrey, drop Dalvin cook, drop, you know, Kamara and Zeke and Henry. All those guys drop them way down because the usage is such at this point. Like I said, it's it's a year to year proposition, mm-hmm. maybe even a week to week proposition with a few of these guys. Yeah. So I went back and I looked
1: at the deal. Um, So this is actually the one that I forgot that I, this is part of the the arbitrage of of one hundred and one. So I went, I, I actually went back and looked at it, and the way I treated this deal was it was essentially Nick Chubb for David Montgomery and a twenty. 23 first was essentially what it what it ended up being um it it was a little bit more specific than i went from 101 to 104 and 106 it's a uh two quarterback um it was a two quarterback league uh start two quarterback and it had tight end premiums that essentially made it two ppr for tight ends um and so they were valued they were valuable but i basically went one so i went chubb and 101 for montgomery 104 106 and a and a future first in 2023 so again i sort of viewed that as 104 and 106 basically equal close to 101 and then you're basically getting montgomery for um uh, montgomery in a future first for chubb like that's how it ended up pivoting for me and again then i sort of broke it up and again i made more trades off of that but that allowed me to fire a lot more bullets right again that allows me you know I, i ended up moving around a couple of times i actually got back up and took um, I ended up using, and here again, you just sort of keep pivoting, right? You just keep moving around the board. I had 103 as well, so that was sort of impacted into this deal. I had 101, 103, and then I was able to move around again, and I sort of netted um, some additional picks. But then I again, I used 104, and I got Swift. So uh, basically, it, it it becomes a multiple pivot stop, and again, you're then you're sort of looking at, it and you're saying, all right, I've got multiple assets that I just took, and instead of building way down the line. I added multiple like immediate contenders to again. So in the, out of that deal, I go from Nick Chubb and, uh and one Oh one, I go to David Montgomery, De- Deandre Swift and Najee Harris. And all of a sudden I'm much more competitive. <laughs> just by doing that alone. And again, I <laughs> had good, I had good quarterbacks. Like it wasn't an issue of being good quarterbacks. I just had, I had injury problems last year. I tied it up at the top of the board. I had Kelly Murray, I had Winston. I had Stafford. Like I had guys that can play quarterback, and I felt fine there, and you know, I, I was able to sort of build in some depth, some other ways. But all of a sudden, like just being willing to sort of move around and sort of and and do some different things, you're able to get three pieces that instantly sort of help me contend. Obviously, Montgomery's hurt now, but but Swift and and Harris are a big part of why I lead the league in points. I went from 101 to leading the league in points five weeks in.
0: Like those things are very possible, and I think we underrate that. And th- those guys will likely keep you there next year too. That's right. a, <laughs> that's right. thing about it. Right. Where I mean, you would you would probably be close to there with Nick Chubb right now, but yeah, again, I mean, this it could throw you into a rebuild uh, in a year when there's not a lot of a lot of help coming in the rookie draft at running back. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, man. Yeah. Um we're we're definitely over time. Sorry, Uh, but no, no, (laughs) not your fault. I mean, I, I, I do this when I'm by myself, like I've got negative reviews because I talk just by myself with no other voice on here. And I talk for close to two hours sometimes. So, um, I I, I'm trying to, uh, to cut them down a little bit, but, uh, when we get Jordan here, it's, it's just impossible. Um, so I, I don't know, just give me a bad review then, you know, whatever. Um, Before before we let you go, though, uh, I I do, you know, because we're on the topic, uh, you tweeted the other day um, about, you know, if you were to embrace a rebuild right now, when do you expect to have it, uh, you know, to be ready to compete? And, you know, like I said, to me, my overall opinion is you should be able to complete a rebuild in, you know, a matter of months. Like, I, I think that you could conceivably rebuild starting right now and be ready to compete by the time fantasy playoffs roll around. I think that you could be able, you could do that. I also think that it's totally acceptable, uh, in this, in, in this very specific case to, you know, to do a year and a half long rebuild. I <laughs> think I'd be mm-hmm. fine with that as well. Um, but I'm what I'm curious what your answer is every time like here in like every time you tweet something especially a poll mm-hmm. like i've i've figured this out by now i've cracked the code like i've i I've, oh, i can i read you like a book man i know that when you tweet a, tr- a a poll of any kind you've you already have the answer in your mind so let's well, hear it it's what? usually something
1: i want to write about it's it's okay. almost always uh, my polls are almost always or something I'm I'm thinking about writing about. Um, yeah, they're rarely like just randomly done. Um, I'm almost always in the thought process of writing something, and so um, this is. I mean, this is right. I'm in the middle of writing. Uh, you know, we're talking about a rebuilding book. Right? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I was working on. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't really talk about why I was doing it, but yeah, it's usually not, it's usually intentional. Those things take time. Like they're hard to <laughs> do. And they, you know, it takes me drafts to get in those polls. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like, I think, you know, I wrote in, in this edition, this rebuilding edition, um, you know, I, I went back and wrote, I don't know. book reviews not the right word but like critiqued my own future my own prior rebuilds and i just i i just looked at how i treated deandre hopkins and i was in dope and how i treated deandre hopkins again at 24 years old this was 2016 17 he was the season that he had to really like Bad variance year. He was coming off. He had 151 targets and finishes like wide receiver 26. It's almost impossible to do. um Him and Ro- him and Robinson actually did it in the same year. They had the same amount of targets and finished like with the same points um, and finished outside the top 24. It's it's almost impossible to do that, and they both did it that year. Um, and I, so I, I ended up pivoting off of him, and I made so many mistakes in the same trade that it was just comical. Um, and looking back in in hindsight. I traded basically DeAndre Hopkins and I, I think I got back Melvin Gordon. There was a couple other pieces in it, but the, the key piece was, I was Josh Doxon was like a key piece to the deal. Hmm. And at the time, I believe it was right after Dachson's rookie year. If memory serves, that's when the trade happened. And, um, and again, there was a little bit of pick movement, but it was like a couple spots. Like, again, it was just, it was, that was essentially like, it was essentially it was really revolved around the fact that Josh Jackson was going to kind of take over and be a, be a dude. That's really what the, the trade was based on, um, which is lunacy. In hindsight, <laughs> right? like, it's, it's, it's not even hindsight. It's lunacy. Like if I had studied the odds and knew the odds, you know, that was two or three years before I'd written the analytics dynasty. If I knew the odds, I'd never make that deal. Um, and now I sort of look back at it and I said, well, all right, well, what's the right play? Um, even before I was going to write this book, I decided to, to pivot off of of uh, Hopkins, right? I said, I, I'm going to I have a, a, a trade, um, I have a, a, a league where I need to sort of institute a rebuild, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to trade DeAndre Hopkins. And I know that by doing that, I can net myself, like I can net myself some help in terms of some some possible um, Additional contenders. So what do I do? Well, the the trade wasn't to trade for Josh Dachson. The trade wasn't to trade for um, you know developing ancillary guy. It was to trade for someone that can actually help me, <laughs> right? And I mm-hmm. said, well, let's let's find a profile of a guy that looks a lot like DeAndre Hopkins, and and do basically uh, a trade what I call an arbitrage, right? An arbitrage trade. Right? you're just using you're you're solely hunting out a profile that looks a lot like the andrew hopkins at a different price that's exactly what we're going to do so i traded Keenan and allen i traded the andrew hopkins for Keenan and allen Jameis winston and darrington evans that was last february and i said you know what's the you know uh, that's basically the angle on it is to try and get uh is to get myself some flexibility right so i don't think that the projection between allen and hopkins is all that much but I think Winston can help me again. I'm not sold on Winston helping me, but I think he's an asset that I can use in the near future to sort of pivot off of again. So then I pivot and I sort of go through the whole thing in the book. Um, but that basically the addition of Jameis helped me sort of shore up um, quarterback and some other spots. And of those make some trades. And then I actually built up some quarterback depth by trading Chubb for Rogers, and then I traded a rookie pick and you know sort of go around. That was the Cousins deal, and then um, you know some more pieces to the Cousins deal, whatever. But then I'm all ultimately able to a couple months, like six weeks later, trade back Jameis Winston for Josh Jacobs and some pick help. You know, what I mean, so I was all I never even I didn't have Winston on my on my lineup for two two months, but that that deal ultimately becomes Hopkins for. Keenan Allen and a core running back, right? Mm -hmm. So again, I haven't taken Keenan Allen and made him, or I haven't taken DeAndre Hopkins and made him my wide receiver four and six. I've taken DeAndre Hopkins. I've made him into being essentially, I I probably slotted Keenan Allen about the same spot, right? I had him and Mike Evans pretty close, right? I didn't take a huge beating on that, but I added a, a running back in. Right. And so that adding that running back and then there's a trickle from it because I've been able to, now I've added a core asset. I've actually added a core asset and that allowed me to sort of move off of um, some other guys and sort of do it around. But then I, through that, was able to add in a core quarterback. Right. So all of those things, you sort of look at that and you're sort of making those deals along the way of it's not, I'm trying to tank this team and rebuild it. It's, Hey, I'm trying to free up assets um, and make them into multiple assets. And then I can sort of, again, just move my way up the board and again i think if you if you people look too much towards depth and thinking i need to rebuild so i can have depth you need to rebuild the top of your team and then the rest of it will take care of itself right like again if you're if you're worried about what the back end of your roster looks like you're again the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing it was one of my things my professor said when I was in the beauty of it is its simplicity and it's, it's rhythm, right? Focus on the guys that matter, which is at the top of your board and make and get as many good ones as you can and, and sort of focus on them. Don't worry about the back end of your roster because you should be like this week. I'm, I'm, I'm cycling through guys, right? At this point in the roster, like I'm so, you know, if, if you're on a buy this week and you're not helpful as a backup running back, like you're gone. Right? like mm-hmm. i'm picking up the next guy right and like you know and i'm or i'm picking up my backup quarterback and then you know if my guy's on a bio cycle off of him like you should be doing that in the back end of your roster not worrying about like hey i need to add in a wide receiver nine you know so that way i've got you know my wide receiver one through nine look really good like no <laughs> that's not the way you should you should
0: operate a yeah. rebuild
1: right you need to get guys that matter and i think that we can do that a lot easier and a lot more focused than we probably do right now
0: keep those points in your lineup i love that yes yes
1: yes like, like you don't need to lose points right like you yeah. can rebuild and again the, the yeah. difference between the guy you just look for guys that are similar in terms of like the next couple of year window similar in terms of production profiles and not that much different at positions that the
0: difference doesn't matter much and voila it's not that hard in terms of identifying some of these things yeah I love that. I'm really looking forward to the book, man. This is going to be, I bet it's a fun one to write too. It is rebuilding is, is is one, I mean, drafting uh, the uh, the adrenaline rush of getting a trade uh, proposal or, you know, sending Mm -hmm. a a proposal and seeing that it got accepted and rebuilding like those are the fun parts of this game. Um, Obviously, you know, winning a championship, it, it feels cool for a minute. Uh, the money's nice, but like, the there's, the, yeah, the re- rebuilding is is one of the most fun things about this entire game. So I bet that's a fun one to research. I bet it's a fun one to write. Definitely yeah. gonna be a fun thing to read. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna get you out of here, but man, uh, really appreciate the time, F- Jordan. Fun, always. man. Yeah. yeah, always fun. Yeah, always we ended up going, going long. Um, but like I said, I, I, I'm, I don't care. Like it, it hit me with the bad reviews. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Like to be able to sit here and chop it up with my man, Jordan. Uh, that's all I really care about. But, um, uh, so let's see analytics of dynasty.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got tons of written content there every single week. Like you're keeping it fresh. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's, it's usually pods too so i do like a pod
1: i basically do i should probably count them how many i do i do <laughs> positional reviews each week so i do four a waiver show the trade show i probably do eight or nine podcasts a week i think oh um, yeah and so that ends up being um it's funny because i did dynasty dailies i did the daily podcast from like christmas to like Labor Day, and, um, I was like, oh yeah, in season, like I, I can't obviously do dailies. And I was like, now somehow I'm doing more. <laughs> like, I can't release them every day because it doesn't make sense to release Dynasty podcast on a Sunday. But all of a sudden, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing more wait a second the math on this isn't working out so um i'm excited for the off season we we going take a little bit of a break and only release one a day so Hell yeah. Um, but yeah it's fun so yeah it's it's um uh, it's that uh, again so i sort of have you in your in you know a am your ear uh, um most days if you for your dynasty content and um and obviously the books and stuff are over there as well so
0: nice yeah, yeah. and uh are still doing football
1: guys? Yeah, we're doing the football guys podcast. Like I do a matchup thing over there. That's like it's so fun because I uh, one of the things about dynasty is you can sort of get dynasty is great because you you're studying like the profiles and doing all that stuff, but you can sometimes lose the the beauty of like the week to week right you can sort of just like i uh, you know i'm not super worried about my lineup like you know i sort of i've i've deconditioned myself to be uh, that but i sort of took on this i'm gonna write the running backs matchup column <laughs> and the matchup Damn. thing and it's like all right like I'm, I'm we're looking bottom basically top five bottom five matchups and that's like so much fun like it's, <laughs> it's it seems like a ton of pressure to write but it's like so much fun you're just diving into like all the matchup stuff and so i do that we have the um we have the football guys um dynasty shows well. me and Chad. And then, um, yeah, I do the, the some weekly stuff with like the, uh, dynasty rankings. Um, we, we do a group column where basically who's moving around our dynasty minds. And then, um, you know, I'm on the, I'm actually on the round table this week too. So we have the round, the weekly round table and this is one of my weeks to cover. So
0: all of it's good stuff and it's, it's fun.
1: It's, um, Damn, dude. yeah, it's, it's fun.
0: So people love to, to get up on their cross about their grind. On Twitter. We always hear about the grind. Miss me with that shit unless you're doing double digit podcasts while you're (laughs) writing two books. That's all I know. It's It's funny. I was joking
1: to my wife. I was like, the, 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 day that i get to go to bed before 2 a.m on tuesday morning on wednesday morning is, is like you know after uh, tuesday night like the tuesday night night is, is ends up being long i was like i'm trying to get to bed before 2 a.m it hasn't worked yet we're six weeks in i'm working on it i'm working on it I'm Working on it. So, but it's fun it's it's awesome it's it's no i mean it's it's a labor of love right it's fun so um, yeah. i haven't you know i'm up until all hours doing those things but it's, i haven't worked a minute of that so it's fun <laughs>
0: that's uh that's that's the dream right there so and it's it, again it's all super useful stuff too so definitely make sure you check that out uh so jordan's not staying up all hours of the night for nothing um but yeah we're already paying attention i know that at mcnamara dynasty god just one of my absolute best friends in this entire community and it's always uh, always so good to catch up with you man Amen. and uh we're gonna we're gonna do it a lot more often. We're not gonna wait for February.
1: I'm coming out there, and we're gonna do we're gonna do a uh, do an we'll in person. Yeah, I'm gonna climb my bike to the top of Mount Evans, and then we'll we'll do a podcast up there. So let's do it.
0: I'm I'll still be down here in my base. I'm such a city boy. I hate the damn mountains. (laughs) Like that's yeah. Yeah. You can, you can, you can hike by yourself. But I mean, we, in, in dynasty, in fantasy football, we talk about mitigating risk. I do that in real life too. Like my preferred terrain is pavement because up there all of a sudden the risks go from, you know, things, the normal stuff like hypertension and, and, you know stuff like that all of a sudden you're looking at oxygen Oxygen deprivation deprivation, there's man-eating animals there's unstable terrain like yeah there's just so many extra things all of a sudden so um but yeah go for it uh i'm sure that'll be fun for you (laughs) (laughs) it'll be great it'll be great i'll bring my computer and i'll dial you up from there it'll be good yeah I will, uh, I I will run over my unborn infant to not <laughs> climb, freaking Mike. Uh, there you Mount, go, Mount Evans, not Mike Evans. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's at the top of my pyramid. You got not it. Climbing is stupid. <laughs> not got it. Got, it. got it. We 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 figured
1: out our priorities.
0: <laughs> uh all right, man. Uh thank you for your time. It's Absolutely, always man. always fun to talk to you. Uh let's wrap it up there for the week. And as we do, ask you for a quick favor if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh if you've already subscribed, if you'd rate and review, it helps me to get out to more listeners and uh really touch on the topics that are the most useful to you, our super friends. Uh you can also you can get at me just, it just, I, I'm just gonna stop saying uh, DM me tweet at me whatever at the, at superflex show it exists uh, but that's about it like I bear I barely look at that just get at me individually as superflex dude Jordan's at McNamara dynasty we're both always happy happy to answer questions retweet trade polls etc uh, so yeah yeah um, Get at us there. Uh, thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And uh, this episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. Until, ne- until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. <laughs>